Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. Praise God. I simply entitled the message Honoring Dad since his Father's Day today. In Romans chapter uh, 13, verse 7, let's read our opening text. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear is due, and then honor to whom honor is due. Notice the word honor. The word honor in our English Bible is used 147 times. And it means to show respect, to highly regard, to highly esteem. It's in actuality an inward attitude of the heart of respect and reverence that you have for someone. Uh, In the Japanese culture, honor is taken really seriously. Really seriously. Now, I don't know if it's still the same today as it was back in the day. Watch Karate Kid and you'll find out some things about the Japanese culture. And I'm sure some of you went right there to that scene. You see, if you lost honor as a samurai, the only way that you can regain that honor is by doing something called seppuku, which is hara keri, which is what we get in our English language, harry keri. Do you ever have your, maybe your mom or your dad say, I'm about to commit harry keri. Maybe sometimes use that expression yourself. And what it is, is that you, to regain your family honor, you have to fall on your sword and cut or disembowel yourself. It's an act of suicide in order to regain honor. Think about that. Now, that's an extreme we understand as far as regaining honor. And that's being very serious about honor. But do you realize that God our Father is also serious about honor? And for Samuel, Look at it, chapter 2 and verse 30. Wherefore the Lord of Israel saith, I said indeed that, they, that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord saith, be it far from me. For them that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Now rem- honor, remember, means highly esteem. To despise means to dishonor or lowly esteem. So he is saying, if you honor me, I will honor you. As a matter of fact, while we were singing that song here this morning, stand up and give him the glory. You know, we think about the glory. Give him the glory he deserves. I don't know, just like a rush came into my spirit and I heard, just heard on the inside of me, if my people will honor me, I will show them my glory. If they will honor me, I will show them my glory. That means hold him in high esteem. Highly respect him and his presence. Think about that. Be reverent before him. I will show them my glory. Now, the scriptures talk a lot about honor. We're just going to go through a few, these eight, just real quickly, to show you the scriptures that talk about honor in reference to, to individuals. Number one, to God. Look in First Timothy. This is to God. Chapter one, verse 17. Now unto the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. We're to hold him in high esteem forever upon this earth. 
And, and of course, that's talking about the way we view him and how we treat him and, and how we respond to him. Number two, Christ himself. In John chapter 5, verse 23. That all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father, which hath sent him. And how many have dishonored the Lord Jesus Christ? And think about that. There's, too, there's so much to go into, too much to go into at this time, but how Jesus was dishonored when he was here upon this earth. But if you honor him, God the Father will honor you. Number three, church elders. And this is, this is almost unthinkable here. Look in, in 1 Timothy. Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor. It just struck me when I read that. Notice double honor. It's the only place where it says double honor. Can you imagine that? The elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scriptures say it, thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, and the labor is worthy of his reward. Think about that. Uh, number four, authority figures. Something else to consider. Notice what the scripture says. Anyone in a position of authority First Peter 2, honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. This is an authority figure. And you think about those in political offices of authority. And once again, there's too much to get into. But you realize no matter who is either a president or involved in political uh, positions of authority over us, we should never dishonor. You may disagree. And that's your privilege to disagree. But to dishonor their position is a wrong thing in the eyes of God because he's established all governments and he's placed people in positions of, of authority and he even says that you're to pray for them not to dishonor them and to respect them no matter what so it's something that we need to recognize but then notice next the elderly honor all men including the elderly Leviticus 19.32 Thou shalt rise up before the hoary head or the gray-haired man and honor the face of the old man and fear thy God. I am the Lord. When you see this kind of language and he says, I am the Lord, what are you saying? I'm the creator of all things and I'm giving you a mandate. And that mandate is when you see someone who is elderly, you respect that person. Respect that person. Honor them. Hold them in the highest esteem for their wisdom, for their understanding, for their knowledge, just for their age. And then notice this, honor all men. In the book of Romans chapter 12 and verse 10, honor all men. It's a, a duty that we all have. Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. Notice because of this inward attitude of the heart that you prefer someone above yourself. No matter who they are. You'd rather see them be blessed. You'd rather lift them up even before yourself. It's an attitude that we have of respect for other people. But then finally we get to dad. We finally made it to dad. Honoring dad. This is Father's Day. We want to honor our dads. Look at what the scripture says. In Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 16. Honor. And I'm going to stop right there. Because you see the first four commandments tell us how to honor God. Talk about how he's number one. 
No strange gods. No images. Don't use my name in vain. And remember to keep the Sabbath holy. Those are the first four things he says in order for us to honor him. The very first word out of his mouth with regard to social relationships. Here it is. Honor your parents. Honor your father. Honor your mother. And I know what's going through people's minds, but you don't understand how my father is or my mother, etc., etc. It didn't say that there. Honor, hold him in high esteem, have an inward attitude of deep respect for your father and your mother, is what he said. As the Lord thy God hath commanded thee that thy days may be prolonged and that it may go well with thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. There's something about honoring your father and your mother that will enable him to do what he wants to do in the land. And that is to bless us and make things go well with us. So there's something important for us to understand as young people when it comes to honoring our parents. So first of all, before we even get into honoring, let's talk about dishonoring. There are ways that we can dishonor fathers and mothers. We're talking about dads today, so we'll refer to dads. One way we can dishonor our dad is through disobedience. Disobedience is the number one way that we could dishonor dad. Look in Deuteronomy chapter 27 and verse 16. Cursed be anyone, anyone who dishonors his father or his mother. And all the people shall say amen. To dishonor means to treat lightly or with contempt. To have no regard or respect for their person or even for their rules, their laws, their commandments, whatever it is, their position. Look in Deuteronomy chapter 27, and this is probably, um, I'm sorry, chapter 21, and, and look at verses 18 through 21. I know this is very hard for us to hear and difficult in our culture to accept, but we want to explain it. If a man have a stubborn and rebellious son, which will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and that when they have chastened him, will not hearken unto them, then shall his father and his mother lay hold on him and bring him unto the elders of the city and unto the gate of his, pal- of his place. And they shall say unto the elders of his city, This our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. And all the men of the city shall stone him with stones that he die. So shalt thou put, away evil, put evil away from among you. And all Israel shall hear and shall fear. And I know this seems really harsh. But you have to go back and understand where he's coming from. You know, he's preserving a nation. He's preserving a way to bring in the Messiah into the world. And he understands the importance also of putting restrictions as far as the father is concerned. This isn't just about the child. This is about the father too. The father just can't take his rebellious son and kill him. Or do anything to harm him. In order for this child to be judged, he's got to go before the judgment before the elders, before the rulers. And they gather together. And also they check out the character of the father first. So that they know him, that they know his heart, they know his attitude and so on. And then they of course check out the uh, behavior of the child. And the child has an opportunity to repent and correct his ways. Because remember, God is establishing a nation of righteous people that he wants, so he can bring in the Messiah into the earth. And this is his primary way of doing it. And so it may seem harsh, 
But the idea is this, that if this child is going to continue in a, he's not talking about eating, overeating. He's not talking about he's a glutton because he eats too much pizza and chocolate. That's not what he's talking about. He is immoral. He's vile. He's a threat to, to the family. He's a threat even to the, to the nation and so on and so forth. And so this is how he has to be dealt with. So would you, take the, would you say that God takes honor seriously? He sure does, doesn't he? Honor your father and your mother. This is a commandment. And it doesn't matter how old you live to be. There should be an attitude, an inward attitude of deep respect for father and mother. No matter what. It should exist. It should be in every person's life. Next, number two, by dis, by also by cursing him. Look in the book of Exodus chapter 21. To curse means to speak evil of. It's not just using vulgar language, but it means to speak evil of. And he that curseth his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. Once again, we can see the language is very strong and that how God considers honoring father and mother as a serious, serious issue. To curse, don't speak evil, don't speak wrongly, don't speak with vulgar words, obviously, but also don't talk behind their back, don't tell your friends how terrible your father is, and make all these statements out there just because he's established some guidelines or some rules that you are to obey. We're living in a culture right now where as Paul said it, they're disobedient to parents. That means they have no regard or respect for any kind of authority figure whatsoever. And we see the enemy has undermined relationships, especially with authority figures, by taking away the authority. Uh, and that includes school teachers that used to have authority, you know, to exercise uh, discipline in the classroom and that sort of thing. And look how it, things have gone haywire because authority has been undermined by our culture. And I believe it's demonic. I believe it's a spiritual warfare that we're engaged in, don't you? Absolutely. We could see it spilling over even into, like we said, our political arena where there's no respect or regard for people in positions of authority and that sort of thing. But no, you don't talk about them. Don't give them a dirty look. Your body language, your facial expressions, no matter what, you may disagree with their thoughts and, and maybe the rules or the guidelines that they establish. But there should be something inward. You see, it's a matter of the heart. We'll get to that in a moment. Number three, by attacking him. Exodus 21 and verse 15. Notice what it says. Anyone who strikes father or mother shall be put to death. My goodness, every one of these has the penalty of death. It's a death penalty. You, you, you might say, well, there's no child that would ever s strike his father. Really? I knew a young man that didn't like his father's rules. And so he did his best to beat him up. You know, there comes a time, I think, when a young person says, okay, wait till I get older. I'm going to get older. When I get stronger, when I get tougher, I'm going to put you in your place. And that's exactly what this person did. He didn't like the rules or the guidelines established by the father as far as their family uh, order. And when he got old enough, bigger and stronger than his father, which that day is always going to come, he, he tried to beat him up. Physically tried to beat him up. How sad that is. And what does that mean? It's not just the fact that he did this violent thing. Where's his heart? Where's his attitude? You don't do that. No matter what, you don't do that. You don't strike your parent no matter what, no matter what the circumstance, other than you're defending yourself from death or something of that. We understand there are extreme cases, but we're talking about just because you don't like the rules that he laid down, don't dishonor him that way. Number four, by stealing from him. In Proverbs, look at the book of Proverbs in chapter 23. 
uh, 28 rather, and verse 24. This is from the New Living Translation of the Bible. Anyone who steals from his father and mother and says, what's wrong with that, is no better than a murderer. Look at the classification. These are God's words. These are his statements. You're actually committing two offenses as far as the law is concerned. You're dishonoring your father and also you're stealing from him. So those are fifth and the eighth commandments are being violated. But when you think in your mind that there's nothing wrong with that, and I realize that people have done that. They're stealing from their parents, whether it's for a drug addiction, or for this or that or whatever it might be. God views that. God sees that and says, look, this is absolutely wrong in my eyes. Look at the next one, number five. Also, we can dishonor him by neglecting him in his maturing time of life when he's elderly. Go back to Leviticus chapter 19. And notice this from the New Living Translation of the Bible. Stand up in the presence of the elderly and show respect for the aged. Fear your God. I am the Lord. Did you notice with all these admonitions there's a fear? Fear the Lord. Fear your God. In other words, you're going to show reverence for him, for God, by honoring your father. It shows him reverence. He's your heavenly father. And your earthly father, of course, is to represent him. And if you'll honor your earthly father, you're honoring your heavenly father. And so you're basically showing respect for both in doing so. So when your father is aged or elderly, and I, I gave you this statistic before, but I repeat it again. Uh, in the nursing homes, it's been said that over 70%, 70% of those that are in a nursing home their children rarely show up to visit with them, to talk to them, to just, just to be there for them. Now, isn't that a sad scenario? But they're used to it all the time. Uh, I realized when I was there with my father, um, and he's still there, so I've been going back and forth and visiting with them and, and so on. Uh, there were others that never had anyone to come in. Matter of fact, I knew one, uh, a friend of mine, his father was there the same place. And I went and visited with him just to talk to him, uh, to kind of encourage him, to lift him up and that sort of thing. But you see, sometimes we neglect these things. So this is, these are ways, these are just five simple ways that we could dishonor uh, our father. And obviously we don't want to do that. So let's talk about the positive now, ways we can honor our fathers. Um, I'm sure just a, a tie is nice or whatever your father likes, maybe a new fishing pole or something like that would be great, okay? But it goes beyond the gift, you realize that. There's something more. Okay, number one, we can respect his position. Respect his position, the position that he holds in your life. And once again, I believe that's being undermined. But go back to Leviticus 19, verse 3. This is from the New Living Translation. Each of you must show great respect for your mother and father. And you must always observe my Sabbath days of rest. I am the Lord your God. Once again, this is on us as individuals. You know, God doesn't come down here and twist our arm and make us do things that we don't want to do. But you notice how he says you must respect, greatly respect your father and your mother. And once again, I know there's different scenarios out there. I realize that there are some 
fathers that have abandoned their homes, their, fa- their, their children, and that sort of thing. I realize there's uh, abusive fathers that are out there, uh, and so on. And I know there's all kinds of these scenarios that do exist, but we're targeting this area of respect for the father just for his position. No one is perfect. No father will ever be perfect. There's only one perfect father, and really, let's talk about him just for a moment. The perfect father, the perfect Adam and Eve, the perfect environment, the perfect position, the perfect job. One commandment. And what happened? If in a state of perfection, those two can fail and dishonor their creator the way they did, how much more do we realize we're going to be attacked as far as a family is concerned? And are we recognizing it's a spiritual warfare that we're engaged in? You know, we've got spiritual forces that are out there that want to bring the family down. And you know what? We need to recognize that. When you've got young people that that want no concern, no regard whatsoever for any kind of rulership or authority or that rules and guidelines and all that, it makes it easy for the enemy to come in and undermine and bring the family down. So it's important that we recognize that even God the Father as perfect as he was, had two that he created that rebelled and didn't do the right thing. And so it's going to be on our shoulders to see to it that we do our part to make it possible for our children to enter into the fullness of life that God wants them to experience, enjoy, and have. And you do your part, and guess what? Even though they may make a wrong choice or decision, it's not on you. It's not on you. So don't take it always personally. You know, you can't be perfect, I can't be perfect, none of us can be perfect, but we can do our part to create the environment that God wants our children to be reared up in. And I'll guarantee you right now, young people that are out there today, let me tell you something. If you come from a Christian home and you've got a mom and dad to bring you to church and teach you the ways of God, the laws of God, and that sort of thing, you better be thankful. Because eternity is a very, very long time. And they're looking out for your best interest. Okay? Number two, value their person. You see, this idea of honor goes further than just just understanding and respecting their position. It has something to do with the heart. So look at the book of Malachi, chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. King James Version. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great dreadful day of the Lord. He shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to the fathers. Lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Notice the turning of the hearts. You know, there are so many distractions that are out there for fathers just to take you away from your family and your responsibilities to be there for your children, to rear them up and show them, uh, and model for them the right kind of lifestyle that God wants you to, to do. It's all out there. We can get so involved in so many things that are out there that we neglect our own children. Also, children, there are so many things you can get involved in, so many ideas that exist out there in the world today that they're distracting you and taking you away from really developing a hard attitude towards your father like you should have. It's a heart issue. It's a heart concern. It's a heart thing. From the heart, you should have this respect. You should have this idea of honor. You should have on the inside of you this high esteem for your father no matter what because they're there for you and they care about you and they're looking out for your best interest even if they're laying down laws you don't like it's for your own good so number three and this is 
Let's read these verses first. Proverbs 23 first. And these come from the New Living Translation. Listen to your father who gave you life. How impacting should that be? Listen to your father who gave you life. And don't despise your mother when she is old. Get the truth and never sell it. Also get wisdom, discipline, and good judgment. The father of, the godly, of godly children has cause for joy. What a pleasure to have children who are wise. So give your father and mother joy. May she who gave you birth be happy. Oh my son, give me your heart. May your eyes take delight in following my ways. Oh my son, give me your heart. You know what I believe he's saying here? When you've got that kind of a heart, you've got the heart of God. A father's heart toward his children and a child coming back to the father and realizing the importance of having a good relationship with your children. I thank God for all my children. Amen. I really do. I thank God for uh, my son Jason who's here today. And you won't find a more respectful son as far as with a relationship you know toward his dad I of course my others as well I'm not excluding anybody but he's the one that's here today (laughs) (laughs) and um, I I can't tell you how proud I am of him I've just watched him grow and seen things in his life um, that he's done it's just amazing how God has just given him so many gifts talents and abilities Um, He's given me two beautiful grandchildren, just wonderful. The smallest one, just like him. <laughs> just to let you know that in the beginning, what you say, what do you mean by that? She'll give you a scowl. She'll give you a look. You try to do anything that she doesn't like, you're going to know about it in a heartbeat. She's the one that we prayed for that you would have a child just like you. <laughs> and now he knows what we meant. And he loves every moment of it. And he laughs about it. And he sees himself in her in every way she acts. Now the other one is just as sweet and kind as could possibly be. Angelina, she's a doll, you know. But there was that little bit of Jason in Mila that uh, I just sit back and smile ear to ear sometimes and just say and oftentimes they'll say to me is that what I was like I said, you got it son that's exactly what you were like at least they could see what we had to go through which you've got to go through as a parent in trying to rear up your children in the way that they should go but anyhow uh, number three submit to his authority submit to his authority In Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, here we have Jesus, who was about his father's business. But let's read it first. He went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. Notice he was subject to them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Now, in this situation, what happened was Jesus was, he left, kind of stayed behind when they were traveling back to their hometown. He stayed behind and he was discussing some things with these elders in the church. And when they found out that Jesus wasn't with them, they went back and found him. And they said, son, what are you doing? We've been looking all over for you frantically, you know, just panicking. Where were you? And all that. And what did he say to them? 
didn't you know that I was supposed to be about my father's business? That was not disrespectful. You see, this was the time of his bar mitzvah. This was the time that Jesus was coming out. This is the time that Jesus was basically a man, meaning he really didn't have to, in any way, you know, respond and let them know. But he said, look, I thought you really knew that I should be about my father's business. Think about that statement coming from him at that young age. He knew exactly what he had to do. And so he was doing it. But it says that he then left and subjected himself to be with his parents and do exactly what they instructed him to do. And he grew in stature, in wisdom, in judgment, in every possible way he grew. In other words, he submitted himself to the leadership of his parents willingly. And as a result, of course, it promoted his own growth and development. And then, uh, so, you know, when it comes to us, submitting to their authority is such an important thing. It's an attitude of the heart, once again, of respect and reverence that you have for your father, uh, whatever law he lays down. If you from the heart will just submit yourself to that, you're going a long way in standing against all the forces of evil that are out there to try to get you to rebel against everything in life. And that's why he is saying, learn that. Be subject to your father. Be in submission to whatever it is that he instructs you to do and how he wants you to, to respond in life. Next, uh, accept his or submit uh, accept his instruction and discipline and this is never an easy thing to do but look in Proverbs chapter 1 from the New Living Translation of the Bible my child listen when your father corrects you listen when your father corrects you don't neglect your mother's instruction what you learn from them will crown you with grace and be a chain of honor around your neck what you learn from them we can learn some things and notice this goes both ways this means that the father is teaching certain things whether he's modeling those certain things or just talking about those certain things offering counsel and advice to you as a child listen to what he is saying and when he's talking about a crown and talking about a chain around your neck these are the the highest things uh, like a king would wear a crown you know or a chain around the neck and they were viewed as valuable and precious. So in other words, he is saying this is more valuable and precious than you walking around parading yourself with a crown on your head and a chain around your neck. They're going to offer you some counsel, some advice that will bless you both now and also throughout your life. So see to it that you subject yourself and see to it that you receive the instruction and discipline that comes. No badges were higher in worth. Now what happens? Look at the consequences. What happens when we follow through and, and do exactly what God says to do in this relationship within the home? And this is the ideal scenario. Number one, we see for the parents it's a matter of joy or a matter of grief. Look at the book of Proverbs. There can be a house of joy or there can be a house of grief depending on how we respond. The Proverbs of Solomon, a wise child brings joy to a father. A foolish child brings grief to a mother. So within the home there can be joy or there can be grief. Dependent upon the attitude of the child that's in the house. And you know as well as I do when your children submit to your leadership. And your children are there honoring you. And, and regardless once again you're not a perfect parent. But when they are conducting themselves that way it brings joy to your heart. You know sometimes all it takes and I don't know your age out there, but if I know we have a seventh and on up with us here today. I tried to push for the fifth and sixth, but that didn't work out. <laughs> um, 
It'll bless you immeasurably if you just call your father daddy. If you're a girl. Daddy. Mm, there's something about that name. Am I right, Brother Ben? Even with boys. Daddy. And uh, my daughter, my, actually my son, Dante, said to Carly, you know that when you say daddy, you got him right around that little finger. <laughs> and she said, I know it. <laughs> and that's why she uses it often. Daddy. What, honey? What would you like? <laughs> There's something there. You see, it's an inward thing. There's something there. But it's so important for us to understand these truths and these principles from the Word of God. They're not coming from me. They're not coming from your parent. These are coming from the Father of all fathers. This is the Father God who is communicating to us these truths to help us be the people He wants us to be, be the husbands and the fathers He wants us to be. And if we'll do our part, praise God, He'll do His part in working on the hearts and minds of our children. But if you're a child once again out there, even if your father is aged and elderly, no matter how old he may be, if you will honor him, it'll open up the door to God's greater blessings in your life. Guaranteed for the home. For children, it's a matter of life and death. And I know this might be hard to swallow, hard to hear. And sometimes we completely neglect it and don't want to look at it. But I believe, as the scriptures teach, that if we dishonor our father and mother, he said how many times, it's, it's really a cause for, it's like committing murder, it's a cause for death in a person's life. In other words, we can open up the door to life and death. It'll be well with you and you'll live long on the earth if you obey your parents. Why? Because they'll give you instruction and understanding that will enable you to avoid a lot of pitfalls in life. But the point is, it's on you, the individual. You choose to do what God's word says to do. And I'll be honest with you, if you are an individual and you're even facing challenges in life, that's one leverage that you might have with God. One form of leverage that you might say, but Father, I've honored my father, I've honored my mother. And I continue to do so throughout their lives. That it may be well with me and I'll live long on the earth. You know, if you need healing, help, any kind of deliverance, you can use that as a form of leverage even with God. I've honored them and you said you'd grant me long life and health and peace. Didn't he say that? Right, so if there's, you know, it's, it's like cause and effect. I'm going to do my part and I'm expecting you to do your part. And it can open up the door to healing and health and deliverance and, and that sort of thing. So for the child, it's a matter of life and death. And then also, uh, thirdly, for the home, it's a matter of peace and also strife. Notice the, the scripture. Well, well let's, let's, look, let's look at Proverbs 4, 4 first. They used to teach, me, to teach me and say to me, cling to my words wholeheartedly. Obey my commands so that you may live. Obey my commands so that you may live. How powerful is that? Obey my commands so that you may live. Remember when he gave this way back when on the mount, the Ten Commandments, the first four we know about God reverencing him, but the last six about social relationships honor was first and he said why to do that because if you'll honor your parents you will live long in the land that I'm giving you so that promotes long life let's back it up and look at um, Proverbs 10 and verse 1 from the New Living Translation 
A wise child brings joy to a father. A foolish child brings grief to a mother. There is nothing worse than grief that enters the heart of a, of a parent to lose a child to death. And I've shared this with you oftentimes, and I repeat it once again. When this, this child refused to obey his father and mother and get on the bus, living four houses up from us, he stayed home from school, played hooky with a friend who basically influenced him to do so, and he lost his life as they were playing with guns. And it's just hard to imagine that here's a life that was taken so early that could have probably lived to, who knows, do great and mighty things. But never that opportunity was given because of disobedience in that child's life, not to obey his parent, rather obey a peer. And I realize that there are many that are out there. Your peers are influencing you to do things that your parents say not to do. You know what? Take the advice of God. Take godly counsel. Listen to what he says and obey him. Why? So that you may live. Now in the home, look at Proverbs 17. This is from the NIV version of the Bible. Better a dry crust with peace and quiet than a house full of feasting with strife. Boy, can you attest to that? A prudent servant will rule over a disgraceful son and will share the inheritance as one of the family. A wise servant, in other words, is, is to be lifted up and exalted even above a disgraceful son. So God places a high premium on honor. And he's saying, look, if there's anything that you need to develop, it's this, honor. Whether it's honoring your father and mother, honoring your teachers at school, honoring the position in the workplace as you grow older and you get a job, honoring um, those that are in political positions of authority. Once again, you can disagree with them, but you still honor them. You don't dishonor them by using vulgar language and talking about them in vulgar ways. Can you say amen to that? Absolutely. These are instructions that are, are being given to us so that we can do what? Develop into the image of Christ himself. Now I realize that Jesus used some strong language with the, you know, the leaders of the land that were taking people and leading them astray. He did call them a brood of snakes and vipers, did he not? He did, but he did it in love. Let it sink in. He did it in love. The promise, look at Ephesians chapter 6. Here's the promise. The promise that he grants us and in these verses, remember, Ephesians teaches us how to live. It talks about our position in Christ, but then it talks about the practical application of our lives in Christ. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Number one, for this is right. Honor, deeply reverence and respect your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with thee, number one, and that you may live long on the earth, number two. He is saying that we really have it in our control as to whether we have well days, as to whether or not we have long life. If we will do what he said to do and honor him and his word, then praise God, we'll establish in our own lives a foundation upon which he can fulfill his promises. Now, let me close by saying this to fathers. It's not easy being a father in the 21st century that we're living in right now. Paul said in the last days, there's going to be all kind of turmoil, 
that we're going to experience. One of which was children would be disobedient to their parents and they would have no regard for authority whatsoever. And they would be so involved in pleasures and the material things of this world, they'll be distracted from the things of God and not, not even be on course with the way God thinks. And we see that happening in our culture so rapidly that it's almost mind-boggling, is it not? You know, we're talking about things in our society today that we've never had to talk about before. But it's happening today. Why? I believe the dark is getting darker. The darkness is getting darker. The light is getting lighter. We're having a deeper revelation of what God's wills is, what his ways are, and that sort of thing. But also we see a distinction between what is light and what is dark. And so many are gravitating toward the darkness. They like the darkness better than the light. They'd rather live a lifestyle that promotes darkness than live a lifestyle that promotes light. Because you see, it's no longer just about going to church. It's talking about living a life that's ordained of God. And it doesn't matter what I think, doesn't matter what you think. What matters is what God thinks and what God says. And what he says is right is right. And what he says is wrong is wrong. And let me again even if you're out there and you're saying, but you don't understand how awful my father is or, or that sort of thing. Remember, you're honoring his position. You're valuing his person. And there's going to be something in that person, praise God, that you can still honor in one way or another. So make sure that you give yourself to doing so and God will bless you. But for the fathers that are out there, there are different ways that you can make it easier for your child. Uh, number one, you can see to it that you spend time with them. I never regret spending time, whether it's watching Jason play basketball for the years that he played ball or investing in whatever it is with my daughter with cheerleading and things like that, just always being there. Investing that time is important to establish a relationship with them. Also instructing them in the ways of the Lord, teaching them what the word of God is. Deuteronomy says, teach them the word of God. So they understand the word of God. Model a Christian example before them so that they can see that Christ in you as well. No, your father's not going to be perfect. No one's ever going to be perfect. But still, teach them, instruct them in the ways of God. And then also it's important uh, that we discipline them. And of course, I understand that children don't like to be disciplined. My father disciplined me a little bit differently than what we do today. Today, if we're told if you spank them, then you're, you know, you're an abusive person and that sort of thing. But the scriptures do basically ordain spanking, you know, adding uh, basically, uh, you could say, uh, God gave us a position in our body that's pretty well padded. Some more so than others. I guess he knows what he's doing and there's, you know, but if you <laughs> use the rod of correction and add it to the seed of learning, you know, he said it'll drive evil far from the heart of a child. And in our society today, because that's called abuse, you know, what happens? Then there's no honor. There's no respect. I remember one time when I got spanked at gym class. Oh, my goodness, that guy was strong. This guy was pretty devious too. He drilled holes in the paddle to make sure there was no wind blockage. Don't even ask me what I did because I'm not going to get into it. But this to say the gym teacher didn't like it. I wasn't alone. I had a couple of cohorts and it wasn't nice what we did. We deserved it. But you know what? 
I took it like a man. And I bent over. And oh, does that mean strong man? Strong man. I didn't do that anymore. I didn't want anything to do with that paddle anymore or his strong arm. But you see, the scripture says, and you know what? I've read an article where they're saying the Bible is awful because it teaches people, to, fathers, that they will abuse their, their sons and their daughters, just abuse them, you know, because it says to beat them black and blue and they won't die. But notice there's the word if, and it does say that, but there's the word if. You know, it's just like this with divorce. It was for the protection, you could say, of the, of the woman, the wife, that the bill of divorcement was given by God. God came up with the bill of divorcement to protect them right absolutely so let's remember when God says something like that if there's always an if clause if you beat them black and blue he didn't say to beat them black and blue he said if you beat them black and blue they won't die but you'll basically protect them from going to hell so there's something about instilling in a young age in a child's life through, through that kind of correction or discipline a spanking that is proper doesn't even have to be hard Sometimes it's a matter of just saying, okay, you deserve this. Or using, now I went to a school, I won't even tell you what school I went to. But let me just say to you like this. In the classroom, if you were disobedient, the ruler hit your hands. And I mean to tell you, she was accurate. She'd get that ruler and smack your knuckles so hard, it does something to you. It really does something to you that just telling you to behave doesn't. There is a consequence, and that was a consequence. And also, let me conclude. I don't know why we're meddling like this, but I'm going to meddle like this just for one more time. When we point out all the sins that are taking place in our culture today, it's not because we don't love people. It's because we love people. When you got people saying, let me alone, let me be the way I want to be, live the way I want to live. Doesn't matter what the Bible says about my lifestyle, about what I'm going through, that sort of thing. And if you really love that person, you'll do that. No, if you really love that person, you'll warn them. Because you see, this life is temporary, and when you get beyond this life, it's eternal. And you're going to live eternally no matter what. And whatever place you live in will be determined by how you live in this temporal world that we live in. And so when it comes to teaching our young people honor and respect. I know it starts in the home. You know what? As parents, we should also see to it that we understand the need for us to even lift up our teachers and just say, you know what? Submit yourself to their authority. You do what they've asked you to do. You honor them. And when it comes to the elderly, oh, I can't even tell you enough. When we see such disrespect toward the elderly, when we see young people even with their own grandchildren and dishonoring them by using words they shouldn't be used or even making fun of them and mocking them in their old age. You know what? God doesn't wink at that. I'll tell you right now. He's concerned about that. So, what's the whole point? Honor. Let's revive what honor means.